twisted my pelvis, dislocated a shoulder, um, tore all the muscles in my legs and my back. Didn't physically break a bone. You know, you don't win an argument with a 14 ton lorry. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Today's show, I've got the one and only Gary Hotchroff, who's uh, one of the best JKD instructors in the UK. Don't snorting at me while I'm saying this. Jeez, I'm trying to make you sound good here. No, Gary's awesome. He's one of the best martial artists I know. More importantly, he's one of the best people I know. And along with his wife, they're two of my favourite people on the planet. Gary, thanks for coming on the show, man. Welcome, No worries. Thank you. Thank you. So, Gary, we're going to start at the beginning because it's always my favourite. What got you into martial arts? Um, short answer, Bruce Lee. I know it sounds corny, but Bruce Lee. Was it? Yeah. I I remember um, was it a lot of my mates were into the corny ninja films. and Michael Dudikoff and that? Yeah, and The Karate Kid and Shokusugi and Pray for Death. Shokusugi, man. Yeah. Eric Paulson's yeah. mate. Yeah. And I was um, um, Bruce Lee. And right. Didn't have a clue what I was looking at, but it looked cool. So that was me. And um, then from then on, yeah, I mean, I did the ninja films. I watched them, but mainly I remember um, Way of the Dragon, um, Fist of Fury, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that um, was it JKD, or was it just the fact that Bruce Lee was... Yeah, pretty much. It was all the, you know, like the bad, you know, kick you through the wall when there was the carbon cutout. Yeah, oh, so beautiful. It was, that, it was that sort of stuff, really, um, mainly. I didn't know completely um, too much what it was, because, you know, it can sound old old now, but the internet wasn't about. Really? Yeah, so you ended what, up... What did you, <laughs> yeah, what, so, what did you, what did you do for so you pictures went, of your dinner up in that then? Yeah, so you ended up getting books out of a library. Wow, you know? a library? So, yeah, so <clears throat> started off with... Um, I only go to the library to go to the toilet in Coventry. Yeah, it's actually the only public toilet yeah, in Coventry. Yeah. The books are the toilet paper, right? Yes, that's the one, man. But that, yeah, that was it, really. It started there. And that, so, when did you, how old were you when you started training? Properly, martial arts, 14. But my mum put me into a karate class when I was about 10. Right, OK. I, you know, I bounced about with a group of guys, a group of friends at the time. So, we did karate initially. And then another one of them, his dad was a judo instructor, so we did some judo. And then we did some taekwondo, and then we did some kickboxing. And then um, I just stayed with kickboxing. Right. And who was your first instructor? Um, mainly, well, when I've heavily got, when I really got into it, the first guy I did any sort of, um, so proper first instructor was a guy called Shuresh, who taught um, kickboxing and kung fu. Right. And it was Gorchor Kung Fu, and it was in a little church hall. Gorchor. Yeah, Shaolin Gorchor Kung Fu. Oh, man. A friend of mine used to do Shaolin Modka. Oh, right. Yeah, I tell you what, they, they were in the good old days. Nowadays, they just call it Kung Fu, but we wanted to know the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And how long did you stay with that? Um, what, probably for about, about three, four years, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, and then some... Yeah, and then the first, the first, if you want to say, like, black belt or anything I got was Shotokan. But if you asked me to do a Shotokan cat now, I'd stare at you blankly. Really? Yeah, I, I still remember all of them. They're burning indelibly into my soul now. I, I remember, um, I remember some of the, um, Shaolin Kung Fu forms. Yeah, um, but not so much. Sure. Yeah, well, I tell you what, without without sounding too bad, and don't want to upset any of you karate guys, the, the kung fu stuff just looked better. Yeah. You know, you looked in, you went, that would never work in a million years, but it just looks great. And you didn't have to wear, you didn't have to train barefoot. You got to wear um, slippers and Bruce Lee outfits. You know, the old cuff. Oh yeah, the old Mandarin suit. Oh, as soon as I tell you what, uh, we're going to go on an aside here for a second, but known Gary for a 
long time now. And one of our favourite things we used to do years ago was when Guru Dan used to travel to the UK more, <laughs> there'd always be a guy who would turn up in a mandarin suit. Yeah. yeah? I remember uh, the guy. Do you remember? Yeah. And uh, one time he turned up in a game of death suit. And we're like, like the mandarin suit we can live with, but when he turned up with a game of death suit, he, went, he had to go. I think he was a bit pissed off with me because I actually ordered some dim sum off him halfway through. But literally through the seminar, I said to him, any chance of getting that dim sum around to me? And he went, what? And I said, you are a Chinese waiter, aren't you? But yeah, dress like a Chinese waiter. It was cool back yeah, in the day, yeah. wasn't it? You just have your club bag on one side and your sash. And, and did you carry on your training? Because you, like, you, know, you went into the military. Yeah, I did that. I, yeah, I went there and um, did boxing mainly then. Um, and some Thai boxing. The, the biggest and then the first exposure with Jay Haley I did some stuff with Michael Wright yeah and then we was with Michael Wright I went to the first my first Rick Face seminar in Cambridge at Ollie Batsy's what year was this? oh Christ um, when it must have been about I must have been about 25 so I'm 42 nearly now wow about well, I mean I've been with Rick now 16 16 or 17 17 years, years I think you've been with him yeah something like that and that wow. was the first time yeah because Rick's constant joke is you know like some of you are older than my children yes yeah, or that t-shirt's older you know yeah. older than my kids you know that yeah. so some of my one of my JK or my MKG t-shirts uh, yeah, probably older than, you know, like Rick says, older than his kids. Older than Lucy, yeah, yeah. definitely. So well, that was the first one, and then um, then Michael moved back to Scotland, so that equation went out the window. And then I was like, I need a, um, you can't, I didn't just want to be one of these guys that the only time you train with your instructor, if you want to call it that, was when they're like over from the states. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that's great. I, you know, there's in some, you know, like it works for some people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like and <clears throat> not for me. So then I <clears throat> went on the hunt, did some stuff with Terry Barnett, and then he didn't he didn't have some time, and then um, hunted around. And at the time, Bob Breen on his website, the Bob Breen Academy in Hoxton, went there for a bit with the famous black and white picture on the front. Yeah. yeah. And he had a big database of instructors that were un- under him and under Guru Dan and I went down the names and just found the ones that were closer to me and emailed them and I emailed David Anuma. And what year was this? That must have been 2000, 2002. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been that would have been about yeah, right. Because the first time I went to one of Rick Face camps was 2001 because I've got the t-shirt that says, you know, um, uh, was it bad jokes good beer Who, great martial arts great martial arts yeah bad jokes yeah, something good like beer great martial arts yeah exactly white logo on the arms yeah and if they you got can, them printed the other way around for Diana for Diana yeah because yeah. Diana Diana Rathbourne if you're listening you don't know your left from your right I don't care I still love you you've, you've mentioned Dave Anuma right yeah. and uh, I absolutely love David Anuma but he's a polarising individual right yeah. Yeah. That, that's the politest way of saying it right yeah, he's a yeah, force of nature yeah what, what was it like first time you walked in and trained with him um, when I first tried first session with David and Uma and I don't think he'd he mind me saying this if, if it does it's, um, I'm in trouble but he said if um, you know like he, he, he said in six months time if you're not twice as good as you are now I'll give you your money back Really? Yeah. So that's made, that's, a, that's made, an Anuma. That's an Anuma-ism right there. Yeah. And I was like, and I didn't really hear that. I just thought, like, I want to do some martial arts. And then, um, you know, the way I liken it is that Rick says that, you know, he's got Guru Dan that he's like, you know, the, you know, you know, look a bit like a father figure and 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 so on, and there's a real font of knowledge. And then he's got a Jun Chai where if you want something, you sweat for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sort of have that same sort of, you know, that it sort of hits the nail a bit on the head with Rick Faye and David Anuma. 
So David Anum is your Arjun Chai. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you know, like, and he will, you know, I suppose the nice thing is he, he just will, you know, like, it proves to you that you have the ability to make it work and, and, and you can do it. Yeah, you might, like, you might not like the way he's going to make you access that, yeah, right? Yeah. But he's, he's the, as we yeah. said before, if you guys are listening and you don't know who Dave Anum is, first of all, Dave, I need to get you on this show. You want shooting if you don't know. Yeah, he he's unbelievable. He's, Easily one of the most preeminent JKD guys in Europe, as far as I'm concerned. An awesome BJJ professor, an awesome Wing Chun instructor, yeah. an awesome Thai boxer, an awesome JKD Carly guy. Yeah. You know, like he's one of those guys. I, I've got a sneaky feeling if he started doing tiddly winks, the guy had fucking <laughs> smashed that up too. You know, but it's the truth, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I started, I started training with him. Yeah, it was 2001, something like that somewhere around 2002 and I got um, yeah I mean I had some stuff and you know I had like a a skill level that I could do and then it was just I I think um, my whole take on it I really do like you can train with different people and you know you sort of need the whole sort of deal so you know like you know if you train with beginners if you class yourself as an experienced martial artist whatever that is they will help you because you'll have to um, go slower and yeah. break stuff down for them if, and then when you train with someone who's been training the same sort of stuff for the same amount of time you can work through your material and everything and then when I get to train with people like David or with people like Rick Fay, they're going to push you that little bit yeah you know so you're either going to have to go past where you're comfortable and work and keep up or they're going to give you little gems of gold bits of information that are just going to change completely the way you think and, and, and the way you do something. now you said something that I've, I've often alluded to when I'm teaching I'd rather work out slowly with a beginner and go balls to the wall with an advanced guy yeah Going balls to the wall with the beginner is just going to end up with him getting hurt, you getting hurt. Yeah. But you have to you have to be measured and slow yourself yeah. down. And then if you work it like as you just quite rightly said, it's having to get a good training partner that you can stay on an even keel yeah. with. So how do you do that? Well, that's a tough one. I mean, my my training partner is a guy. He's a guy called Richard Pumphrey. Right. Yeah. And um, he is probably. The the best for me, he's, he's been the best training partner I've had. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, because he, he just gets the whole deal. He was around the whole um, um, Dave Carnell scene. Wow. So impact. Yeah. yeah Dave's yeah. Uh, the day he was with them. God, God rest his soul, man. Yeah. Dave was a great guy. Yeah. So he was with them, and then he moved. He wanted to get back into it, and he he just basically found me on the internet, and then we've been friends ever since he used to initially come down to the church hall in Borenwood. Yeah. And that's that's when he first started training. And then he was he was my best man at my wedding. So, you know, we're we're great friends. But he was my training training partner for ages. And uh, just because now of his job it doesn't happen quite as often. Yeah. So then, you know, when we um do get together and train we're like a pair of kids yeah but have you noticed that when when you don't get together the energy it doesn't take long to sink back yeah. in does it yeah it's not you know like because we <clears throat> I suppose we're really really good friends I mean we're not particularly when we train together we're not particularly nice to each other <laughs> <laughs> that's me and Al Peter yeah, and, yeah you know yeah. Like, like, I'm a killer yeah, we give each other a real hard time and stuff and, but you know and I suppose by that I mean if, if we you know like it's just a case of carrying your, your side of the deal to the training. You know, that if you're going to spar and you walk around with your hands down, you expect to get slapped. Yeah, get clocked, man, definitely. Um, but, you know, like if you're training and you think, you know, that might, any sort of, um, you know, locking or anything like that, you, you, have, to, you have to be so careful because a wrist will break in seconds. Yeah. And the nice thing with Rich being a, um, he's a matron now, being, you know, like um, what he does for a living, he understands that you can't take this sort of punishment yeah. So you know, like, who better to train with than a guy in the medical profession? And you know, like, he loves his JKD, so do I. He loves his Cardi, so do I. Um, he's not a fan of cheese how he hates it, but yeah, I, I, I make him do cheese out. So. Do you enjoy sitting cheese out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I, I spent a long time. I think it was easily with David. David took like taught me like solidly for about three months 
and Chiso, and it was just the, the structure. Yeah. And the position, and that's all I did for a long time, was the, the rolling, the switches within the positions, and then he started teaching the trapping out of it. But I had a, I had a good drilling. And, and you'll use, for those of you who don't know, Chiso is basically where you, any bad kung fu movie, the two guys will put their hands up, and they roll around for 30 seconds, and then they that's just it. smash through, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, me personally, I'm showing my ignorance here, because... Uh, first of all I, I'm not a big fan of it uh, because I suck at it but then if I'm doing Hubert I absolutely love yeah. Hubert yeah. because that's my life way of getting into especially yeah. the trapping and then starting to just grapple that I love I love to do I mean like I love to do cheese out and I don't mind teaching it but it's a tedious thing to teach so you soon you soon find out if the, if the person's really into it, they stay with it. Otherwise, you it takes a long time to teach. So, who buds a better a better tool? I yeah, think yeah. The, I think range. Yeah, you know, me personally, I look at it, and because it's a, especially with the cheese side, because it's a constant. It, it's it's because it's a continual flow. Unless you understand. It, it, you, you miss out on some of the minish yeah. way and the really cool stuff but then with with, with Hooper it is stop lift trap return yeah. stop lift trap and when you're a guy, by the numbers guy like me I see four opportunities to be able to break in yeah. whereas with the cheese out I don't get it I think I think the main thing the cheese out thing was with David is that it heightened that you know your the core structure is really important. So if you if, if your elbow and your wrist is out of line or something like that, it's, some guys just going to come straight through it. And then um, I mean it, it was true when I was when I was training with um, with David when we then started mixing the cheese cell with the hoobud. Yeah. The the hoobud structure was so much better. Right. After doing the cheese cell. Yeah. Um, just because the whole the theory is the same, isn't it? You know, like the elbow in when you do hoobud and you want yeah. it. One cheese cell is the same, but you just constantly do it touching, don't you? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I I because enjoy it's a cheese cell, but teaching it, you know, if I'm honest, teaching it can be a bit tedious. Well, you see, the thing is, this is it. How tall are you? Six foot five. Uh, what do you weigh? Fifty. No, it's not now, is it? 16 stone. No, 15, nearly 16 stone. Yeah. So he's a, he's a bit of a lump, right? Uh, but boyishly handsome one, I should add, <laughs> right? I, I'm doing the old Terry Wogan here, touching his forearm while we do this, right? So something like that, your physics and your mechanics and your size, yeah. you, you could power through, you know? Yeah, you'd make karate work, right? Yeah, but it's the same sort of thing, isn't it, though, with, with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? If you do any sort of, you know, like stuff like that, you know, the trick of Brazilian jiu-jitsu is leverage. Yes. Right? So you can manhandle someone, but you're just using brute force, so you're not really doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're not really doing what the art's all about. Yes. And it's the same thing with Silat. Silat is leverage yeah. and stuff, you know, and, and um, off-balancing someone. So you can manhandle and, you know, you, you, you've got to have a bit of physicality about you if you're talking fighting. But, you know, like, what, what are all of those drills for? Chi cell, clinch work, pummeling, um, hoobud. It, it's all to read pressure and sensitivity. Yes. So if you're going to, if, we, if we're just going to muscle each other, um, you know, like, that's not really what those drills are teaching you, is it? And what, what, what's it famously? Pressure, momentum, and? Yeah, and structure, or yeah. you know, PMS. PMS, exactly. I, I love the fact that Rick pulls that in. You just, as you were saying there, I, I saw it on Facebook, so I really wish I could say that it was one of my things, but I saw this meme on Facebook that said about, you just mentioned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and me and you have talked about this privately in the past, but it said about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu teaches men you're not as strong as you think you are yeah. and women it teaches you you're stronger than you think yeah. you are yeah. and it, it, I, I love that mindset behind it because it, you get away from the sexist thing yeah. like it, it just teaches you that the right place right time it's not going to work yeah. is it it's, it's just it, exactly that I mean I'm not a great Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy to be fair I've done a bit not much at all but I've, I've done a bit um, I far more for me I far more approach like the um the submission submission wrestling point of view training no gi stuff 
yeah. which is nice because you know like it, well, it doesn't matter you know like what look like when I train with David if I want to do the gi I can do the gi and I'm spoilt and I'm spoiled and yeah six time you're six time European champion right? right and then you know like I get access to a lot of other people with it you know like you know, like training, you know, within this, the CFS sort of group, you know, like from guys that are right into their JKD and Carly to their boxing, like you've done some boxing, me and Corey have done some stuff. Corey's something else, Corey yeah. Don, give yeah. him a shout out, yeah. Corey the Machine, so we've done quite a lot, you know, like we've done quite a lot of stuff and, you know, like known Corey for years now. So it's, it's nice and then, I, I don't know, I think if you're going to go down the route of what sensitivity drills are for, then learn, you know, use them for what they're for, you know, so they yeah. teach you pressure, yeah. you, know? you know, like, so if you're, you know, I watch guys, I mean, I probably did it when I was learning, I try not to do it now, you know, you watch guys train techniques for 45 minutes, whoever's teaching them, and they get all this great material, and then you spar it, and they turn into the Tasmanian devil. No, don't use any of it, don't use any yeah. of the art. So, you know, you've just wasted 45 minutes of your time, um, you know, and you've just wasted, you know, like little bits of gold gems of information you might, you know, you might have been getting from whoever it may be. And, um, yeah, you know, like training. Yeah, well, you see, this is this is the thing. You said something, as you were saying it, it was just going through my First of all, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I applaud your honesty. Because a lot of people in martial arts, well, they'll turn around and they'll go, I'll, do I'll just do jiu-jitsu because it's de rigueur. It's, it's the thing to do. Yeah. And you're going, it's not me. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, that's that, you know, that's a, that's a refreshingly honest approach. Well, I found it hard as well, to be fair. Same here, man. I yeah. still do. You know, because I, you know, like, you know, for various reasons, you know, main reason is a back injury, you know, from a motorcycle accident. You know, you don't win an argument with a 14 ton lorry and keep going. But you know what? This is the thing, right? Two things that I want to know about you as your friend. First of all, I want you to, I want to speak to you about when you're in the army, right? Because we've never ever talked about that. Oh God! And as long as you want to, that's great. But secondly, more importantly, I've heard you reference this motorcycle accident so many times, right? You want to know what happened? And I want to know what happened. Okay, so I was doing. I was a motorcycle instructor for years, and I was on my way to work. And I was in the other time. I'd have filtered down the outside of the traffic, but I couldn't because this character was turning right in front of me. So I stopped. I couldn't get up his inside because he was diagonally in the lane. So I just stopped. Just as I put my foot down to stop, I got smacked up the arse by a 14 ton lorry, and it it sandwiched, bent my bike in half, and sent me flying over the top. And that's pretty much all I remember about it. And then the next thing I remember, I remember being in the ambulance and the, the and typical two blonde female paramedics, you know, like... And so that's so like my dreams, it's unbelievable. And they cut my levers off. That's so like my dreams, yeah. it's unbelievable. They come off and they, I, was, I was crying, not through the pain of the injuries, but through the fact that they just chopped up like nearly 800 pounds worth of oh, no. leather kit. And so how old were you? Uh, it must round sort of, because that finished any my forces career so that would have, I would have been yeah, yeah about 25-ish mid-20s wow I finished that and what was it, so what, injury, what injuries did you have from this well, I didn't I didn't break nothing and the doctors reckon the reason I didn't break nothing was I didn't see it happen literally I just stopped right and the witnesses says he was looking out the cab window at some young lady walking down the road and didn't have enough time to, to stop obviously right um, so what did I do? Twisted my pelvis, dislocated a shoulder, um, tore all the muscles in my legs and my back, but nothing, didn't physically break a bone. Because um, I, you know, I was too relaxed, I didn't see it happen, I didn't tense up. And uh, yeah, and that was that, and it bent everything, twisted my lower, lower back, hence why the BJJ is not, I find it hard. I, I can, I'm fine one side, I'm quite flexible one side, but can't, you know, like anyone who passes my guard, you know, you know, to my left, you know, I, it's, it's all right. But I pass to my right, and my leg was good. Uh. Wow, you're not, you're not uh, Bruce Willis in that movie Unbreakable, are you? No, that's, that's how I'm going to sell this now. So, and the fact that you were relaxed, yeah, you just didn't, didn't freak. I didn't. Apparently, 
a lot of injuries with motorcyclists and stuff. You know, I suppose it's all in you know accidents happen when you tense up. Yeah, but you see, this is it. Just as you're saying this, I've heard this before. I've heard this phenomenon, but I've never met anyone who's done it because I've heard people say, "Yeah, I didn't know what was happening." Mm. So, like, you know, it's the whole falling off a building sort of scenario. And you go, "What did you break?" And he went, "He broke nothing." He go, "Why flying straight over the top of the car in front?" He sandwiched the bike between the back of the car and the front of the lorry bent it in half and he catapulted me through the air Jesus I, I, rolled, I remember rolling across the top of the car and down the front I landed in front of the car in, in front. and were you teaching most, were you a motorcycle instructor in yeah. the army no no I was you know that I was just a, a um, just a basic, you know, rank and file soldier. But I, my dad was the is was the instructor who had a full time business. And I used to do some training for him. Oh right, I didn't know that. What yeah. regiment were you in? Uh, Princess Wales Regiment. Oh right, because Rick Fay always, yeah, cause yeah. Rick Fay famously loves anyone who's yeah. in the military. Yeah, yeah I, I, t- I told him once I was in the army, and he was like, yeah, and I was about to break out like uh, an Irish army joke. You can imagine how that would go down. And I thought, no, I better not. Yeah. Uh, but it's as yeah. I didn't do, you know, like I didn't do nothing that was, you know, like, you know, yeah, just. Please don't say you didn't do anything outstanding. No. You turned up and put a uniform on yeah. when other people won't. Yeah, but you get, you know, like, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here, you know, you say you're one of the boys that holds a bit of black card in front of their face. And... No, no, yeah, but you don't, yeah, but you don't need to. You see, you've got to remember, this is the thing. It's like, it, it, you know, you don't have to be outstanding yeah. to be outstanding. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I think it's, I, I think there's, um, I mean, it's the same it's just it's one of those things you don't those sorts of jobs you do because it's for whatever reasons you want to do it but um, you know you don't you, you don't do it you know for pay or to be a hero or don't you so what, why did you why did you join the army then because um, I was always army barmy I was one of these kids that would run around with a you know a bit of wood really tend, tend it was a gun up and down but yeah, I suppose that was it and, you know, like, and yeah, I don't, I have no, I don't want to say like a personal challenge or anything like that to sound corny or nothing, but it was just, yeah, just, um, yeah, I guess it was just army bombing. Yeah, yeah, but you see, again, this is like, Again, this is this is like t- typifies you, man. Because it's like you know, if that was me, oh fuck, man, I'd be telling whole heaps of lies. Yeah. You know, why did you join the army? Well, you know, I wanted to save the free world. Really? You know, I'm coming out with stuff like that. I'd be saying, no, no, you know. But it's like you just said, no, no, it was something I was interested yeah. in. Yeah. So right, we're going to get back onto the JKD. So the first time you met Rick Fay. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I don't remember much of the seminar. I remember we did some Carly and we did some JKD, and it was a whole weekend. This is at Ollie's? At Ollie Bats. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember what we did, but it was pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And then, see, at the time, I, I, I had two options, and it was either um, progressive fighting systems or Rick Fay. Yeah, and mainly I didn't have the money to do the Paul Vunak stuff. I no. just didn't at the time. Um, and then I travel. I did a camp at Lake Owen, best place in the world ever. Yeah. But yeah. before I did a camp at Lake Owen, I, I went out to the Carly Group in Minnesota, in, Min- in Minneapolis. I went yes, <clears throat> and remember um, sleeping in Dye's basement. I've been there, man. For been a, there, yeah. For a week, I stayed with Dye, and then. The next time I went was to the Lake Owen camp. Um, yeah, so Rick, you know, like Rick is pretty much, I would say the, the for me is, is where all my sort of, you know, main sort of, the big picture of the JKD knowledge comes from. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly right. It's like myself and Al Peasand always say this, you know, um, with, and it, this isn't being out of order. This is just the sort of guys me and you are, right? We, we want to train and we want to get access to cool stuff, but there's stuff that gets in the way. So being able to get to LA every year isn't going to work. Rick Fay, thank God, comes over. He does seminars. He'll do a tour every year, which, by the way, Gary always hosts. 
you know, make sure you support him, right? But he'll come over, but even then, you know, what Rick did with me was Rick steered me in the direction of Terry Barnett because... Like the, be- the beauty, uh, the beauty of Americans is this, right? And I, my American friends, when you're listening to this, I love you all. That's my disclaimer first. Secondly, most of you guys think that Europe is one country, so you don't really understand. And I know America's vast, but Rick said to me, "How far is Terry Barnett from you?" And I went about 90 miles, and he went. And you don't train with them every week, and like you know, ninety miles is a mission in this country, right? And uh, Rick's like, no, and he put me together so with with Terry, which just changed my life completely, right? But that's one of the reasons I'm saying it is. Rick's probably one of the most selfless men I've ever met, regardless of martial arts or not. Mm. You know, he works the ultimate good, right? Yeah. The main, the main thing I get, um, it was the main thing with Rick is he, he here's all this stuff. Um, you can just take one area um, yeah. if you want, and you know you can stay with your. Um, you know, you can just take the JKD or you can just take the Carly or whatever and you can stay in that area or you can train all of it. Um, whatever level you want to take it to, I can help you with that. Even if it's to a point where I have to now say you need to go and train with X, Y or Z person. Um, but for, for me, you know, like, well, obviously 17 years later, I'm still, you know, like still training with Rick and then still training with David and... So my my take on it, for better or worse, is is if you know, and then like I said, you know, we're both under Guru Dan. You know, if if Guru Dan, Guru David Anuma, and see through Rick Fay, if they don't know it, exactly. Yeah, yeah we, we, we've talked yeah. about this before, right? It's uh, I, yeah. What, do I need any other instructors? I've got Danny Santo, which yeah, criminally, I, we, I don't get to see anywhere near as much as I should. Yeah, Rick Fate at least three to four times a year, right? Yeah, but that's because I put the, t- the tour together. If you want to host him, come and see me. There'll be preferred rates if you look after him well, right? Uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking to, right? <laughs> you like that one, right? Okay, so there's that. Then you've got Terry. Barnett and then I have Neil Simpkin yeah. from my jiu-jitsu um, I really can't see who else I, who else I'd need either and the beauty is especially like we follow we have a different sort of outlook on the on the JKD world because we will intersect every now and again and cross over yeah. But we're still we're still great friends, and we'd still try and steer each other in the right direction. Do you see any politics in? Uh, in well, we don't really see any really that much in JKD. But what, what's your views when you see some of this politics and martial arts? I know you're too busy training to pay too much attention. That, the, you, just answered, you just answered for me. I don't because I really, know you. I don't really. Um, you know, I know the names of some like you know like. Of people in martial arts, and I, I just know who I know through training the MKG stuff and CFS stuff, you know. And um, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of time for it, you know. Get in there and do some. Get in there and do some training. You know, it might sound again a bit corny and cliche, but you know, you can argue about the way you're meant to pronounce a certain technique, but you know, can you physically do it? <laughs> You know, so you know, like as Rick likes to say, you can call it cat and dog for all I care, but can you actually do it? You know, and it's training safe and training smart and making the most of the hours you've got to train. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, look like I touched on about Rich being a great training partner, finding yourself one of them, and if yeah. you can get a good training partner, you're done. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and you're away, but. Um, yeah, I suppose you've got to appreciate that. You know, like I suppose if that's what makes people tick in the martial arts world, then there, there, there's there's a degree of bitchiness that you just can't get away from. It just doesn't work for me. Now you mentioned about training partners, right? And we're sitting here in 
dare I say it, Hertfordshire's finest, right? And the delightful Emma's here as well. Tell us a little bit about your facility, what you got here. Well, what have we got? We've got um, a group, you know, like, well, it's, it's not massive, but it's plenty good enough for what we do. We've got, um, it, we're open six days of the week. We teach from the ages of four all, all the way up. You know, so we've got kids' classes, um, junior tie boxing, which bases on the MKG curriculum. And Perfect. then, you know, we, we teach classes in JKD, Kali, Muay Thai, Pan and Tukum. Um, and then we've got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. Um, that is done through the CFS lineage. Yes. And, uh, as I said, I don't teach that. That's not, you know, like, you know, we've got a guy, Paul Hill. Paul Hill, the man. He does it. Awesome. It, it was, and then David comes up every so often and pop, just pops in. So, you know, like, you've got Mr. Enuma just popping in to wow. supervise a class or check a class or take it or, and Corey Donahue who's now just got his black belt yeah so Corey's in blue belt well yeah. Paul, Paul Hill believe it or not uh, Paul was one of the Tuesday night alumni with uh, with Terry yeah. Barnett and like famously a black belt with Bob Breen kept his head down for years and then it was like, almost like an oversight one day it was like Paul, are you, are you an instructor under Guru Dan? And he wasn't. Nobody, and like, this guy's an awesome yeah. martial artist. Like, not the awesome, awesome Brazilian jiu-jitsu now as well. And like, I'm just going to touch on Paul for a second because he's a great example of some of the cool people that you've got here, right? Paul Hill walked into Bob Breen's class and he'd never done martial arts before. Yeah. And he thought that's what martial arts was like, right? Um... Do you have that where people walk in, they they do Jeet Kune Do and they think that all martial arts are like that or do you get seasoned guys coming in? Um, normally, um, it's arts like Jeet Kune Do, I, I think, um, have a bit of a specialised following. Yes. You know, people, or people would say they want to do um, martial arts and uh, they come and mainly they come here the our busiest classes are the Thai boxing classes yeah because it just appeals to so many different people for so many different reasons you know you can you know get a bit of a sweat up and a workout or you know like uh, you know like we've, got, we've got one of my guys called Ryan you know who's just had a, he's a, it was a, it was a white collar boxing you know three two minutes yeah yeah and stuff he just done some of that you know and predominantly he went in as a Thai boxer, you know, but he just boxed. Yeah, just kept, just kept the legs down, yeah? Yeah, and that, that's what he did. And then, or oh, you can be interested in the, you know, the actual art and the whole package of Muay Thai. Um, so it's easy for a lot of people to do. And then I think art's more like JKD and, and Carly are a bit more specialised. I mean, like, unless you know of them, you wouldn't. I, you know what I've had, I've had people turn up to my classes worked out and at the end of it I said so what drew you to the class well you know I've always wanted to do JKD but uh, I've never heard of anyone doing it and you know uh, do you know anywhere that teaches JKD and they say that to me and I'm like what do you think you just did for the last two hours and they went well we did a bit of kickboxing and yeah because I always make everyone warm up on the yeah. stick yeah Everybody, if you're in a class with me, half an hour of stick work at the start to get going, right? Uh, you, you, start, do you do much of the weaponry? When I walked in, by the way, I saw the stick and knife class yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, I, mean, right? I my my personal favourite is is Jake Hadley and Carly. They're, they're my they're my personal favourites. Um, so we don't have a, a whole blended class. You know, you know, like most people. You know, like because we have like a you know you have a sign up for three, six, or unlimited classes. So most people mix and match, and they're doing JKD sort of by default. If yeah, you yeah. You know, um, you know. So at the moment, you know, we got guys that will, will be doing Thai boxing, some you know, like some Panatukan and some BJJ, or some JKD and Thai boxing, or, or whatever. Yeah. But most, of, I don't really. The people that actually ring up and say I want to do JKD is not as much as people reading up and saying I want to do some martial arts yeah. then, then you explain you know briefly explain all the areas that you know some are more of a sports category and some are more of a street fighting category you know the JKD and Akali is real popular with um, stuntmen and police officers and well, that, now, you, now you got me onto the bit I really wanted to talk about you can claim you can claim a little bit of credit for the start of what movie? Um, well, 
I, I'm putting words into his mouth, by the way. Right. But, but a, guy, can... a guy, teach, a guy called Rob Cooper Nash. He he's a stunt man, and he was he had the. I've not seen Spectre, but right. um, there's a fight at the start of it in a helicopter. Right. And um, he he was one of the, one of the stunt men that worked on it, and they, there's a bit with a knife in it. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. And. Um, he some of the stuff that he trained with me he he got got into bits of that and was he was he the same guy that was working on Captain America yeah yeah I believe he was in that as well and because um, I'm still on record I'm putting it down now you've got the Captain America t-shirt yeah, and I'm stunt crew yeah and I, I'm still after it I'm waiting for him to grow out of it like yeah so, but, I don't think I ever will yeah get it. it was it was him and a guy called David Grant were in the Captain America films and then and then Ian with him, they were in um, Pirates of the Caribbean right and was it Guy, Guy Ritchie's just done a uh, King Arthur film they, yeah 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 in that. Um, were they in that because yeah, quite a lot of the BJJ yeah. guys went in as extras yeah they, they've been in that King Arthur um, and then they were born the new Bond film they're on that at the moment Really? Which is well, why I haven't seen Hyde my hair of them for a bit because they've right. been doing stuff like that. Yeah, because Martin Toe, you know Martin, that Martin who trains me. Well, he he actually rang me and he said, "I'm not even supposed to tell you." And I'm "What's going on?" He goes, "They're filming Jason Bourne in my office," and like because he works in the city of London. Yeah. And uh, they they closed off. Yeah. But it, you know, you've just mentioned like obviously Jason Bourne. If you've seen that movie. It's all Jeff Amardi. You can yeah. see it, right? John Wick. It's all Higan Machado, yeah. Jeff Amada yeah. again, you know, Chad Stahowski, Damon Caro, all in Osanto guys. So is that somewhere you'd like to go? Because, man, you're, you're very, you're like, geographically placed. Yeah. It I'm, doesn't I'm, get any easier, yeah. does it? Yeah, no, it's sort of, it, it'd be great. It's just, you've just got to get your foot in the door, haven't you? Really. And um, it'd be nice to teach a few a few big clients, you know, obviously the mercenary in me is good business. <laughs> uh, you know, and then um and then it'd just be great, you know, like to um be in that sort of side of martial arts. But um I, you know like I like my I like my little club and then uh, it, it's great it's great being here. I love teaching the guys I've got um, and all the different and different people doing private lessons and stuff like that. So as much as it'd be nice to be out there, you know, like in, in the limelight, it, it is quite nice to be, you know, to be at home. No, normality, no, normality is vastly underrated yeah. by most yeah. people. You know, most characters are going out looking to yeah. like fill their dream, follow, fulfill their dreams, and that. Yeah. And it's like just as he's saying that, I'm tired of listening to, I'm tired of listening to what your itinerary is. Yeah. Where are you gonna, where would you, where would you squeeze that time in? God knows. Yeah, well, you, you know, you're lucky. You got the, you got the delightful wife here yeah. running the show. Got to give her a shout. Say hi, Emma. Hello. She's got a bit allergy at the moment. That's why I can't get her to say too much. Right. So, what's the future hold, man? Um, I suppose we've. Uh, the the coal, uh, the foundation of anyone that wants you know like a full time successful martial arts gym academy is kids classes. So you've got to look after that. Yeah. If you're not prepared to teach kids martial arts, a full time martial arts gym is going to be a real hard thing. Yeah. To get off the ground. So it's the you know we've just sort of um, I mean we spent. Since we've been here, so we, we, we opened here 2010, February 2010. Yeah. So this is, we're here year six. So we've, our kids' classes, as I said, it's based on Rick Face and Thai boxing levels. Yes. Um, so we've just sort of restructured that. And, um, you know, like, I mean, Rick keeps, you know, joking about, you know, like, um, stealing Emma and, Yes. You know, I'll wait in Minnesota. So it's to make, you know, the, to, to do well there, because that's, you know, like the sound, the sound corny, that's the future of the club. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's, it's funny you said this because I was speaking to Emma about it because when I came in, I was looking at the grading structure and the tags that they get. And it's like, I'm going to have to get Emma in on this. How, how many levels are there on the white belt? Ted. Ted. Yeah. And, and but that keeps because the jump from a white belt to what's your next what's your next progression? Still going to a yellow belt. But if you were just going from white to yellow in one progression, you, that's gonna be a hard sell to get motor skills into these young kids, right? Yeah, because some of them are only, only three and four when they start, so we break it down. So they'll still learn everything they need for a yellow belt. 
but it's broken down into 10 little bits so they gain it bit by bit and they can achieve even at the age of three they can get their first tag of a jab cross jab cross you see this, this I think I actually think that's genius when I came in and I saw it I was like that is I'm stealing that yeah. or, or licensing it I have, yeah. t- tell me now you, you want your business so say, say license Mick yeah. you can license it yeah 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 but it's it's an ideal progression yeah. and it's you know you mentioned Rick Fay again and it's like the phase <laughs> that phase program he's got yeah. is just genius well that's all I started off training initially that's all we we had to teach was the phase phases one to four the phase outline that was it that was it and then that wealth of knowledge instructor curriculum came out and I was like how the hell am I ever going to get my head around all of this yeah and um and then Rick just said, you know, you do the bits you can do, you know, and that was that. And so, but, but initially I remember teaching for years, phase one and phase two. Yeah, to tell you that I, I do that all the time, especially if I have a mind blank and I'm like, what am I going to teach? Yeah. I just go, right, boom, phase, the phase outline just really, really helps me. My, my phase two curriculum is so out of date. It, it, you know because he's changed it about three times my, my one says 2006 on the bottom of it or two oh yeah it changes every time you meet him yeah yeah so you know like um, but yeah I mean it was <clears throat> and then I think uh, t- teaching kids is the tough part because they just soak stuff up so quick yes you know and then getting into them that um, even though you've done something ten times you still don't re- really have it. No. That's, you know, like, and, and then they, you know, I was always told by one of my instructors, a kickboxing instructor, you know, like he said, you know, the black belt, you know, is the end of the beginner's course. Oh, now you know, I like that. You know, like that. Um, and the other thing is a black belt is a white belt that never quit. Exactly. You know, and but trying, I don't know how you can, you know, get that message through to kids without destroying their world. You know, you say, oh, you know, like, well done, it's the end of beginner's course now. Now, you know, now, you know. Yeah. So black belt's everything, you know, to them, you know. And um, so and what was, what's the next logical step then for a child from a black belt? I suppose, well, I mean, most, was it a uh, our juniors end at sort of like 15, sort of 16. So when they're sort of 16, I let them do the adult classes. Um, and then they, they, that's their job. They go in and I follow, I use Rick and David's curriculums to teach from. And it's all in levels and there's no belts, is there? So. No. Well, you see, this is the one thing. I, I think, I really think it's important for belts when you're starting out and then I, I reckon once you get past about the five year five year mark in martial arts yeah. regardless of your age you'll see the process there yeah. but up until that point you need the carrot hanging on a stick yeah. in front of you but kids now don't grow up with the uh, the heavily traditional martial arts sort of view is it it's all UFC on telly yeah exactly so you know there's no belts there you know like what their their exposure to what martial arts is to what ours was that, I'll tell you what, this is one other thing I'm just going to ask you now. What's your views on like the the whole UFC and the, you know how it projects an image? Especially you're trying to teach kids a kids martial arts class. Right? I know you're smiling yeah. when I'm saying this. It, that's an uphill battle sometimes. When you see Conor McGregor and like Nick Diaz throwing f bombs out like it's yeah. confetti, right? Yeah. How, how how do you how do you do that? I, I good question. I mean, most I don't have a lot of kids that seem to um, be right into the whole mixed martial arts scene yeah. their dads are yeah. oh yeah Jesus right? yeah so um, that's why they're there yeah you know yeah. so their dads are you know and then I, I think if most people would be shocked if they saw how a professional fighter trains day in day out yeah you know they can't go around beating the living daylights out of their sparring partners or loads of heavy sessions because, you know, they do X amount of months training, whatever it may be, for them to get their shot at a belt or, you know, like... or to Just compete. to make the show, just to yeah. make the show, yeah. To compete at the World Championships in whatever art they they compete in. You know, and if they're whacking the living daylights out of each other and they get injured, now they miss their shot. So, uh, yeah, fighters are going to have their hard sessions, but, you know, not half as hard day in, day out as... 
you know people perceive them no. to be having so um, you know it's that whole thing I you know like in my opinion I watch you know some guys you know like and I'm sure myself I've done it um, you know train martial arts for 45 minutes and then turn into Tasmanian devil you don't actually use anything you've nah. you know because you just try to muscle each other or or like you know outpower the guy and so I think um, I don't have most of the the, the kids are, don't really ask a lot about um, sort of MMA. I don't teach you. We don't teach kids that anyway. No, you know. It's, I think you. I think it's more not that I don't think kids should be learning sort of grappling or mixed martial arts. It's just more of the actual teaching part of it. You know, you've got to be a bit bit careful just what you physically. You know, like you know, teaching. It's all down to what you're giving the guy. Yeah. You know, some people just don't. You know, you don't give a loaded gun to a toddler. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way. You don't teach an idiot how to choke somebody out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, on wrapping up, who would you like to thank? And I'm pointing at your wife here. Yeah. Yeah. She's got to be number one. Yeah. Because um, she set the whole place up. She organised the bank loans and the time with the solicitors and found the property she is awesome yeah so she has to be number one and then f- from uh, the martial arts side of things it's, it's got to be Rick Fay and David Anuma you know because without, without the teaching and the skill and knowledge then you know like you know like I, I know they say that you know you, you're the one that sh- shows up and puts the time and effort in and travels around and sweats and, yeah. and so on but you know that that's where your knowledge came from, right? Yeah, and they're so, and they're in the room as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, so I've yeah. said before, the only reason I'm in this room, Rick, is because you're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nine times out of ten, I'm saying that in front of people yeah. as well, which doesn't go down too well. So I think I think that's got to be it. You know, like they, they, that's got to be the main thing. And then you know, like ultimately, that you know, like the other, you, I've got to thank my students. They rock up week in, week out, put up with some really bad jokes. And um, bad some, jokes in the Minnesota Carly group, yeah. Jesus. And, um, <laughs> put up with some me moaning at them and taking the mick out of them, and you know, like giving them a hard time and, and stuff, but yeah, they keep coming back. So, you know, as Rick likes to say, fooled them again, yeah, you know? um, fooled them again, but you know, like, and then so you know, really, sort of like the you know, you, I think that's it, you know, they're the they're the main people but it's, it's great to teach them you know like they, they show up but otherwise I'd have to do a proper job I, I'm really fortunate I haven't interviewed anyone yet that I don't like do you know why because it's my fucking show uh, and that's the truth I get, like, that is the truth I'm sorry for swearing in the gym but it's the truth I don't interview anybody that I don't like but you know man I've rang you up just totally out of the blue, just to rig up to get his advice on stuff, or just chinwag to have the crack. Gary is literally one of the most honest and nicest people you could wish to meet. I'm really happy that his place is going like just crazy, but it's really bizarre because I always thought the stunt men and the adults classes would be that. I always thought that was you, and it wasn't that I didn't think you had a sense of fun or anything. It was just the idea of a six foot five inch soldier who's huge, who scares me, and I'm a grown adult, right? But uh, you know, just because he's, he's huge. But it's the kids' program that I just, I'm, I'm just really, Matty, I'm blown away by it. I think it's awesome, and I just from the bottom of my heart, man, I want to wish you both all the best. And if we finish now, we might just get home in time for Take Me Out. What do you mean, just in time? I've got that on catch-up. Right, (laughs) yeah. But thanks again, Gary. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Emma. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Wah!